Welcome to Invisible Faces Amazing Stories. This is your host, Carlos Carrera. On the last episode, I started by raising the question of destiny. Our guest, Ariel, started playing baseball because his TV only would show one channel, and that channel was playing baseball. Also, we were lucky to form this amazing friendship that we have because we happened to run into each other in a school and ended up living together. Isn't that amazing? Uh, what would happen if Ariel's channel was cartoons? Or what would happen that day if one of us just took a little longer getting ready or something? Uh, our lives would have changed and would have been completely different. But anyways, on part two with Ariel, we talk about his experience out of college. Uh, he started working for a company, a tech company called IPsoft that developed an AI software called Amelia. Think of Amazon's Alexa. Amelia had such a big influence in Ariel's life, and if, if you want to know why, um, just keep listening. Uh, thank you for joining, and hope you guys enjoy the show. And I want to chat a little bit about a woman that has had a very, very powerful um, influence in your life, um, and I'm talking about Amelia. Can you tell us who Amelia is? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So Amelia is the artificial intelligence platform that I first worked for at IPsoft. And I was there for almost five years. And yeah, I remember I was looking for a job and you know the process. Like if you don't find a job in three months, basically like you're illegally here. Like yeah. you have to come back to your country. But the... Yeah, this company, IPsoft, contacted me from, from the city. They found my LinkedIn, and that was the project that was just ramping up and working with Amelia. So it was kind of a no-brainer to take the position. And looking back at it, like it, it was the, the perfect situation to fall in, and everything that happened kind of worked out to guide me where I am right now. But yeah... You guys, I remember you guys looking at the screen and seeing Amelia and being like, what is that? <laughs> totally. I know. I know. I remember. It's just like you're working and then it was all like numbers and signs and stuff on the screen. And I'm like, you know, what are you looking at? I, I don't get anything. But if you had to explain <laughs> to someone like me who's not technical, doesn't have the data background, who Amelia, who Amelia is and some of the things that you do through programming to use this AI, this artificial intelligence um tool uh, can you explain something can you talk a little bit about that yeah so it's basically at the end of the day programming uh starts very simple so it's it's a set of instructions but it can it just keeps building up to something much more complex so what i did uh over there was basically automating simple tasks like i remember they asked me to put a report together and I just created a program for it. So Amelia is basically an interface for that, that is the gap between programming and people that are not programmers to be able to leverage those automations without having to write code. So anything, anything that you, is basically the same every single time, every task, whether it's a password reset, answering questions, for for any user um that's where ai comes in and and tries to 
close that gap. That's awesome, man. I've I've always really admired, um, you know, what you do. Because I mean, personally, I don't understand it, but I think you know it's amazing, uh, and everything that you can do and what you do with with coding and programming, like we said. And I remember you once told me uh, when we were living together that there was like a a sales event or something where you had like big um, big clients, Amazon and JP Morgan and some other big companies come, and you were like. You had Amelia, you programmed Amelia to do sort of different things. Can you remember that? And can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like I said, basically, the the big thing for that is, for that project, is being able to in, have Amelia plug in into any industry. So whether it's banking, sales, insurance, or even smaller companies. So anything you can assist with that, that's, that's basically the main idea behind it. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember you, you told me that Amelia was uh, serving Jack and Cokes for you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were plugging into the, the vending, the drinking machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. So you work in this company, I think this company, Um, that's why, you know, I say this woman has such a big impact in your life because, you know, you said you worked in this, in this company for five years and more than that, you know, this company was the one that sponsored your green card. And as an immigrant, I know the struggle and how hard it is to get to that point. And, you know, this company helped you achieve that when you first, uh, got the green card in the mail and you had the card holding the card in, in your hands. How did that feel? That's actually very interesting because it was such a unique process uh, and it was during the Trump administration, Oof. which they had asked me for like several uh, requests for extra evidence and all of that. And we had a, an immigration lawyer, which helped me with the process and it was such a big help to get everything right. Um, But we had the, the evidence they requested ready. We just needed their formal request. So they sent out the request and we send it out. They receive it and they, they he told me, so it's probably going to be a couple of weeks before we hear anything. And then we just got an email saying like, it's approved. Oh, wow. And it was kind of like, he, he was like, wait a minute, that, that has to be a mistake. <laughs> and the, he said that? Wow, that's crazy. And then we verified it and everything. I was like, no, you got it. Like, and at that moment it was, it was like surreal. Yeah. Like I've been waiting for so long for that, that I just didn't even know, like it all hit me at once. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't think people understand the pressure, not, not only the, the stress, you know, we go mm -hmm. through always trying to figure out what the next step is. Do I have to get lawyers? Do I have to file paperwork? Do I have to spend more money? It's just such a, a, an added amount of pressure. And not only that, you know, that pressure of, of figuring it out, but also from a professional perspective, you know, applying to jobs, there's always, you know, a chip in your shoulder that you come with whenever you're an international student because you're not legal. You're not legally allowed to do anything yeah. unless there's the paperwork and the paper trail and all of this. So, you know, I've, I've, it's good and bad. I feel like I've lost so many opportunities because of these, but at the same time, I think it, it makes you a little bit more, 
it gives you perspective in the sense that mm -hmm. you know you value more the opportunities that you are given and whereas and and that's why you know so so many people are interested in 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 hiring people from abroad because we value that opportunity it means a lot more to us and we're we're gonna give you know a thousand yeah. percent compared to the to the nothing against them but to the you know to the normal american citizen who's looking for the same opportunity if that makes sense yeah yeah it's it's uh sometimes i get caught up in the day-to-day -day and i I don't realize like wow like I get to do this still. Uh but you're right like, like I some I had so many opportunities where they liked me like I would go for an interview but there would be like we we don't sponsor yeah uh, exactly international visas and even this job uh, or I mean the job at Ipsoft they said when I started there they're like we do green card or we do visas and paperwork but only for certain people like for some people so i kind of went in there like not really not knowing, knowing yeah like if they were gonna like me if they were gonna do it but it's like you said like i had a chip in my shoulder so i knew that from day one that i had to stand out and in order for them to even to consider it yeah and even to the point where they they actually said like here yes we'll do this there were so many hurdles with the visa that i didn't get the lottery i didn't get selected twice and then the the immigration process for the green car i i had a gap where i couldn't work for four months i was basically in limbo and you mentioned it before like all that stress um you always had something to look forward to but then you get the green card and it's like that stress doesn't really go away that easily like oh wow because you always had you always had like okay when i get it what's the next and thing then then i'll feel good yeah but I, i never really like thought like what 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 about when i get it oh so, yeah that makes sense like you're so caught up in i need to get it i need to get it i need to get it that you know the there is no thought whatsoever in when the next step so after was, you know there was definitely a little bit of a like okay so what now afterwards like i was definitely excited happy and all of that but yeah. in the days after i was like what am i going to do now like now you have it <laughs> i have it what, what about now how about so, you start by marrying me and now giving me the green card we gotta talk about that off air <laughs> <laughs> that's funny one more question um ariel in ipsoft and then we're gonna move on but throughout the five years that you worked there you were living with me for a long time throughout that those five years and there was always really cool out of the job like employee Uh, parties, gatherings, act, uh, like, you know, activities outside of that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how that really, you know, impacted and your job and everything you do um, for, for IBSoft? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that was one of the, I guess, working for a tech company that you, you have those cool perks uh, where it's a little bit more informal with everything. But yeah, they always had company gatherings. And I think when I look back at it, it was definitely cool to be able to do that and kind of enjoy that. But it also allowed me to meet so many people in that company that I later on, I ended up working with and they helped me out. So that's something I do miss like from working remotely and that I try to 
make an effort now to, to keep those connections and build those connections with the people you work with, because no matter if you, you can be the smartest guy, but if you can't work with other people, like they're not, they're not going to want you. And that's a big part of, of everything. Um, how you build your relationships, even, even like you said, like we got um, help to come to the States because of good reference. So like, even then we didn't know it, but who, you know, like, what they think of you is, is huge important, and, yeah. and everything. Totally. Totally. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, you had these gatherings and, and you were able to meet people and, and make connections and, you know, build relationships. And after IPsoft, I know one of your, uh, connections from IPsoft later called you on, on to work for them in, in this really cool new, uh, startup. Can you talk a little bit about that transition? Cause you also went to another job in between, but, Right. Um, talk about the transition and you know how important it is like you said to network and how did this come about um, from your time at IPsoft as well yeah so um, by the time I had to leave IPsoft it was it was definitely a tough decision um, it was my first big job I did so many things there but I just felt it was time for a change and especially in the tech industry, if you don't are not exposed to different technologies or different way of doing things, you can just get stuck in a box and you, you don't grow. And I, I felt I was getting to that point where I, I basically knew everything I had to know and I was getting boxed and I'm, I'm still so young. I'm like, I don't want to get boxed. And then the, the industry keeps changing. You have to keep learning. So. I, through a previous pause, I got a, uh, a job at Capital One. And that was definitely, Capital One is a great environment to work for. They, they take care of you. They make sure you have everything you need. The perks are great. But it's such a big company that there's so many hurdles to do everything in, in tech. So there are things that, that can take you weeks that like I red knew. tape, like you want to, you want right. to change something, you want to do something, but it has to go up the ladder. And by the time it goes up the ladder, it's been two weeks and right. then two weeks to get back. And yeah, I can, I can see yeah. that. Whereas and small startup, like you are now, like probably everything moves up the ladder really fast and you can make an impact sooner. Exactly. Exactly. So I was not looking to leave Capital One, but this, my boss now, uh, he worked with me at Capital One and it was a key part to, to my professional development. Um, he said that the position was open and I, yeah, I wasn't looking to leave capital one, but it was like, I don't know if I don't take this, there might not be an opportunity to, to join him in a couple of months. So I talked to capital one, they understood. They also knew it's a startup. I'm still young. I'm looking to be in the middle of a growing company. So I definitely didn't didn't burn any bridges at Capital One, which was that's great. You yeah. never want to do that. Of course. But yeah, now I have more work, but it's like it's definitely more exciting. I'm learning so much more that I ever thought I was gonna learn. So I don't regret it. That's great, man. That that's awesome. I'm happy for you. And can you just uh, uh, tell us what Equity Send as the company that you're working for, what they do like overall? 
Yeah, so the main, to put it in simple terms, uh, we there's there's so many startups nowadays. There's so many investing in small small companies, early stages companies. And one thing that these startups do uh, is offer the the higher offer as a hiring perk. I would get I guess uh, stock options, so you get stock in the company. Um, the problem with those is if you have stocks in these startups and you need cash right now, you it's basically worthless because the company hasn't gone through an IPO yet. Right. So Equity Send unlocks that market for the the people at these companies so that they can sell these shares and get some some money in their hands. And it also unlocks the markets for the investors that are looking to enter these pre-IPO companies. Uh, and so it's basically unlocking the whole pre-IPO world. Okay. And there's a lot about it that I still don't understand. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn as much as possible, but it's definitely cool to be in an industry that, that's definitely growing and it's so exciting. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's, that's great. I think that you don't know everything because that's exciting, you know, that's motivating. Uh, to to keep working and to keep learning and and to keep you know making it uh, different every day, not the same, not repetitive, and and that's great. Uh, but let's move on a little bit. So you were working um, for Capital One. You were in the city, and then pandemic hit, and you decided to move because everything went remote. You decided to move um, from New York City one of the, the, you know, the biggest cities in the world. Everybody wants to live in New, in New York, but not you. What, what prompted that decision to move? Now you're in Florida, of course, the weather is beautiful, but um, what was that transition for you like uh, being in New York and then decided to leave, deciding to leave and then now uh, moving all the way down south to Florida? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I had, I had always had in the back of my mind, like what, do I want to live somewhere else? Do I want to move somewhere else? Um, but I never really made it like a, a major thing. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, like we had to work from home and it definitely showed me that as soon as you organize yourself and you make a schedule, like you can be productive no matter where you are. And yeah, I... I came for a bachelor party party to Florida and I just I just felt so nice here. It, it feels a lot more like home. Like you just watching the palm trees. I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> but totally. but yeah, I started thinking about maybe I could leave here. Like there's there's no reason for me not to. And that that was a lot that was the same time that my boss, my current boss was telling me that he was opening the position. So I basically told him like, can I take this position fully remote? I'm thinking about moving. And he said, yeah, no problem. So after that is, it was kind of- No brainer. Like, there's no reason for me not to do it. There was obviously doubts and all of that, but of I said, I, I've lived in New Jersey, New York for 10 years. I know I can live there. Let me go try it out. I can always go back. That's so awesome. That, that's kind of, it was still a tough decision. Like I know so many people up there, but 
nowadays you can visit i'm working remote like you can visit more often so and i've, I've been seeing people uh come down here and visit easier than <laughs> being in new jersey yeah no no totally and i totally get what you were saying about just even seeing the palm trees because uh whenever i go to like a place like i was in this last summer uh, i was in san diego for the first time and there's like they're not big but there's like little hills and mountains and a lot of hikes and i come from the mountains so i just really loved san diego just because of that because you know it's still a nice weather you're in the beach but then you just turn around and there's mountains so it makes me feel a little bit more like home so i totally i totally get what you were saying and i yeah. think for you it was definitely a no-brainer you know you were able to move professionally you had the job and they accepted you know uh, the re the fully remote, so that was great. I think the biggest thing was probably, you know, maybe from a social perspective, you know, that you have all your friends here, all the people that you know. So how has it been moving to a completely new, different um, city and, and, and the social life and friends and everything? How is that going for you? Yeah, so that that was definitely, that's definitely one of the toughest parts. Like, sometimes you're by yourself and at least at the beginning, it's like, I don't know anyone here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, even if I want to do something, I don't, I don't really know anyone. Um, but it definitely helped me. Like, I know some people here. Uh, this is a Latin area. Everyone knows someone over here. So I got introduced to a few people very quickly. Uh, so I didn't really have to be alone very long. Uh, but it's still not the same. Like, I have maybe a handful of friends here versus tons of people in New Jersey. Uh, but it also forces you to, to get out of your comfort zone, which is the biggest thing. Uh, if you want to do something, there's no one around. Are you just going to sit at home or are you going to do it by yourself? That's so good, man. That's definitely been been something that, that's been tough, but, but for the better. You bring a, a great point. And I think it makes it even harder through the pandemic, right? Because at least if you move somewhere and you're going to an in-person job, then you're already there meeting people and then you're in the job and they invite you to to do something and then you start meeting more people and it all trickles down. But, you know, in a fully remote environment where you're, where you're moving to a new place, I think it's even more admirable. But like you said, it's it's such a great, I think, personal growing experience for you Um And yeah, I'm just so happy that it's, that it's working out. Thank you. Thanks, Palomo. I think um, that's all I got. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, I think this is not uncommon for us to sit down and, and go deep and talk about this thing. So this has just been one more that's conversation yeah. for us. Um, one normal conversation, I guess. What was w definitely weird is uh, talking to you and in English because I'm so used to talking to Sp in Spanish but uh, I know. <laughs> man, um, thank you so much uh, I really appreciate it again and again you know I really admire you I'm so happy about everything that you're doing and you know just just keep it going man I know you're gonna do great things and you're gonna get very very far thank you and yeah man uh, I appreciate it like you say it was easy because we we already talked about all these things uh, but yeah You were a huge influence in my life, uh, that that drive that you had. So I definitely appreciate you having us having you as a friend. Same, same. Thank you so much, Palomo. Thanks again, Palomo, for joining. It was such a blast to have you. 
as part of the show and I thought we had an, an amazing conversation. I keep learning things about you and I, I keep getting impressed every single time. Um, please, everyone, take a second to rate the show. Uh, if you listen to it on Spotify, go to the main page of the podcast and below the podcast description, you will find the option to rate. Uh, select one or five stars depending on how much you like the show. I would really appreciate it because it would really help us. Uh, thank you and happy podcasting. <laughs>